0: What's going on, everybody, and welcome to the Mike Janela Show. I'm your host, Mike. Obviously, this is my 85th podcast episode. Hopefully, it won't be my last. This week, this episode, we have she's a journalist, a producer, uh, an actress, a writer, an all-around entertainer. She currently freelances for a bunch of places. You might have heard of some of them. NBC, BET, Mike, The Hollywood Reporter, Vice. She's worked in the past for AOL, People, Money, Fortune, CBS, USA Today. I can keep going on and on, but we have to actually get to the conversation. Her name is Jordan Rowling. We had an awesome convo about... What it was like for her getting into journalism. She grew up in a town in Utah that was uh, an hour and a half outside of Salt Lake City. What it's like being uh, not just a journalist, but also a woman and a black woman uh, in media today. What that industry is like for her, how she's navigated that throughout uh, the course of her career, and how she's continuing to learn and evolve and uh, find her voice uh, in a world that's been so dominated by certain voices uh, in the past. It's a really, really cool conversation, and I think you guys are going to like it. In the meantime, my quick plugs, get them in here. Hit the fast-forward button if you don't want to listen to the next 30 seconds, but make sure to follow me, at Mike Janella all over the place. Uh, Jordan is Jordan with a Y, rolling. Make sure to follow her all over the place. And then also download, guys, uh, subscribe to the show. And if you're new to the show, I have old episodes up. Make sure to listen to them wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you know someone that might like to hear Jordan's story or any of the other podcasts I've done in the past, share the word, be a pal, won't you? And tell them to find The Mike Janela Show anywhere you listen to podcasts. And I would love you for it. All right. Without further ado, Jordan Rowling. Here she is. Jordan, what's up? How you doing?
1: I'm great, Mike. How are you doing?
0: Oh, I'm doing better now talking to you. I'm surprised that you were able to sneak even in, you know, 20, 30 minutes of your time for me. So I appreciate that. This really means a lot to me.
1: You're making me feel cooler than I really am, hey, but I, pre- I appreciate that. I the appreciate only that.
0: reason I have this show is to make myself feel cooler about me and to make my guests feel cooler about them. So mission accomplished. We've done it in the first 30 seconds of our chat. So we're good.
1: Right, right, right. I'll so...
0: At the top of the show, uh, I introduced you, and I think I named all your jobs. I'm pretty sure I got them all covered, but just to make sure I didn't miss any, um, you know what, I'm going to give you a chance to think about that so you can stall, but I forget that I start the podcast the same way with every guest, so I'm going to start it the same way with you because I like to get us off on a good, happy, positive foot. So Jordan, (laughs) the same question I ask everybody, what's the best thing to happen to you in the past week, last seven days? It could be anything.
1: Wow. In the last seven days, best thing to happen to me. Um, I think just I had a follow up meeting with a big agency and it went really well. So I think that was probably the most exciting thing that's happened to me in the past week. Plus, on Friday, I had a full day of shooting with NBC. So I started my morning interviewing Kerry Washington and Stephen Pasquale for a new Broadway show called American Son. And then I was just eating food and drinking for a bunch of segments for the rest of the day. So I spent my morning with celebrities and my afternoon and evening drinking and eating.
0: You've reached the career pinnacle. There's Just retire. You're done. <laughs> it gets over. What else is there <laughs> to do? And right, I'm assuming right. Agency? You mean a talent agency, not a spy agency or anything, no, I mean, anything like that. I,
1: I'd like to think I'm sneaky, and I think <laughs> I would be a great FBI agent because I've mastered the art of stalking. But I think I, it was just more of a talent agency. Ah,
0: I understand. It's still cool, still cool. And if you were an FBI agent, I'm sure you'd be lying to me right now about it anyway. So keep <laughs> right. up the good work. Uh, no, yeah. so what I was going to ask you before, Jordan, was uh, why don't you name all your jobs? See if you can list them all now. Remember them all, because you <laughs> do so much for so many places, and I've got to imagine you have to lose track sometimes, right?
1: I mean, sometimes, but it's, it's helpful to have your calendar on your iPhone. So mm. I always tell everybody if it's not in my calendar, it doesn't exist. So
0: fair. So that's how I keep track. <laughs> so what do we, we've got? We've got NBC. You just mentioned that already. Yeah, this past so- week.
1: So currently I'm freelancing and that's really allowed me the opportunity to work with multiple brands at once, which which is not for everybody, but I really love it. I'm able to juggle it. And currently I am hosting and producing for Mike, which is kind of a newer, newer in the video side of things, but they're doing like investigative work. Very, very um, like queer friendly, minority friendly, awesome pieces coming out from that outlet. So that's Mike. I'm also hosting and producing for BET. I'm on a show called BET Break. So I do like entertainment, news segments. And then I also cover events and do red carpets. And then I'm also a correspondent for NBC. There's a show called New York Live that's on every day from 1130 until 12. And I do segments for that as well. And that's kind of like the lifestyle entertainment stuff as well. And then other than that, I'm just, I'm, I'm kind of boring. Like I, I volunteering <laughs> with organizations I like to mentor. So I, I work with an organization called step up me- mentoring at risk teen girls. And then I'm doing some volunteer work with a foundation called the precious dreams foundation, which teaches children that are in foster care and homeless sh- homeless shelters, how to self comfort. So that's kind of what I keep myself busy with is those three things. And then here and there, like I'll throw in some, You know, I've hosted award shows. I've also done some hosting for The Hollywood Reporter and Billboard. So I just sneak in some other freelance gigs here and there, but those are my three main jobs.
0: Now, this is always something I find trouble doing when people ask me what I do, and especially when I'm going through times like you have decided to do kind of full-time where you're freelancing and you have all these different things. Do you say you're a journalist? Do you say you're a a host, a media personality, especially now that so much stuff is digital? Like, if it was 20 years ago, I'd say, oh, yeah, I'm a a TV host, reporter, whatever. But now, especially with certain people that aren't in the industry or they're a little bit older, they don't really get it. So when you introduce yourself, like, hey, you're at a cocktail party. Hey, I'm Jordan. Oh, Jordan, what do you do? Oh, I fill in that blank.
1: I say I'm a journalist. Uh, okay. I say journalist because, you know, this wasn't just something that I was trying to do to be on camera or to get my face out there. I, and I started this to tell stories, to truly be a storyteller. And I went to graduate school at NYU, got my master's degree in multimedia journalism for a reason. So I'm going to ride the journalism name until I die. <laughs>
0: Do it. See, I feel bad about saying that myself because most of the stuff I do on camera is like playing with animals or making weird <laughs> food. And you're actually out here breaking like legitimate stories and talking about serious topics. So I think you can get away with that. I got to work on, on my terminology, but whatever. It show's not about me. So how do you go about finding all the stuff that you do? Uh, I mean, you mentioned talent agency before. Is that something where you work with people to get you hooked up? Is it word of mouth? Because you right. do a lot of different stuff all over the spectrum. So how do right. you find all the stuff that you get to do?
1: Well, I mean, I, I want to say first and foremost that having a talent agent is always a good idea just because they have access to, you know, job databases or even like email chains or contacts that you are not going to have on your own without having, you know, 20 years in the industry or just having all those contacts simply. So I think having an agent is always a good idea. For me, I started out with no agent. So I was getting jobs based purely off of my own hustle and and pitching myself to people and keeping up with my contacts and really just following up and and trying to get my name out there. Then I signed to an agent last summer. So I had an agent for the past year and I I still think that I did more work for myself than he did. (laughs) Isn't
0: that the best? Yeah, they get the money and you're still doing the
1: work. Right. Yeah. A lot of the a lot of the gigs that I got, I got on my own and then he kind of just like secured the deal. So I, I don't know. I think it's it's hard to say, but I, I've had a little success having an agent, but I think I would like to say that most of my success has come from me purely just hustling and keeping good relationships with people.
0: So do you, when you're looking for this stuff on your own, which it seems like you're doing most of the heavy lifting still to this day, you do, you do do the mix. You do red carpet stuff, but then you're also like a lot of the stuff you do for Mike. It's, you know, I'm looking, what was the one you put up the other day? It was like indigenous American women getting abducted. Like, yeah. that, was, that gets really serious. Do you, like one of, type of story over the other? Do you look for particular stuff in a particular job? Like, what do you like doing the most?
1: So people always ask me this question, and it's really hard to answer. It really is. But I, I, you know, I just got back from Utah this past weekend where I was out shooting a short doc about mixed orientation marriages within the Mormon community. So this is something people are like, what's that? That's really serious. That sounds scary. But then it's like, oh, on Friday, I was interviewing Kerry Washington. I can't really say what I like more. For me, again, I'm a storyteller, so I love being able to give a voice to the people that are voiceless or the people who are in these parts of our country that are unknown to most of us and, and they don't have the opportunity to share their story. I love that. Like, I, I can't tell you how fulfilling it feels when I end an interview with some random family that doesn't have a lot of Instagram followers, doesn't do red carpets, and they've just, you know, spilled their heart out to me and, and trusted me with their truth. So I, I love that aspect of it. I always will. And I always I always think I'll, I will be involved in some kind of documentary filmmaking, no matter what. But on the other end, of course, I love getting pretty and doing the red carpet. <laughs> so carpets. do I. Right. I love getting dressed up and glammed out and doing the red carpets and hanging with the celebs. And you can't say, like, I, I would be lying if I said that's not fun, too. So I, I like to have a balance. Like, I, I don't think I would choose one over the other. I think I just, I I always will have both.
0: It's kind of hard to find someone, maybe this is something you've thought about long-term goal aspirationally, but it is hard to find those people that do, that can do all of that, right? Usually you kind of focus in entertainment or you focus on serious, it's it's rare, right? It's the Oprah's, it's the Ellen's that can right. sort of just do all of that. Is that something you think about long-term, 10 years from now, 20 years from now? Or are you just living in the moment, whatever happens, happens?
1: Of, of course. When people ask me, like, what do, what do you aspire to be? Like, what's your end goal? I'm like, I want to be like Oprah, but like Jordan.
0: <laughs> so, <laughs> right. There you go. You know,
1: my end goal is to be like that. And I, I think I think a lot of the times we put limitations on ourselves of what we can and can't do. And we always have to put ourselves in a box of, I am a journalist. I am an actor. I am a lawyer. Why can't you do all of it? Why can't you be whatever you want to be at the same time? And that's what I'm doing. Like I do comedy acting on the side. I'm doing the entertainment stuff. I'm doing the documentary filmmaking. Like I love it all. And I'm not going to limit myself. And I think Oprah and Ellen are great examples of that. You know, they have talk shows They've done the real journalism, but they've also done the entertainment, the acting, the comedy. And that's kind of my end goal as well.
0: Word. If you had told me 20 years ago when Ellen was just on her ABC sitcom that I was watching with my mom on TGIF, that one day she would be right. you know, the new Oprah, the most in, you know influential media personality maybe in America today. I would have told you never, but that's what happens <laughs> when you don't put yourself in the box. I was going to save the Utah talk until later, but you mentioned you were just back there. So I'm going to talk about it now. You grew up there, right? That's where you're from originally? Right. From originally. Yeah. So Not you really know, a hotbed like, for like media, I would think, right? So how did you get from there you know, to where you are now? Because that's got to be a journey right there.
1: You know, it's it's pretty insane, you know, especially living in New York, no one's either been to Utah or met anyone from Utah. So whenever I say, Yeah, I'm from Utah, people are like, You're the first people person from Utah I've ever met and I'm like, Well, don't get used to me because this is not a typical Utah, as I would say. Um I yeah, I grew up in a really, really small town in Utah called Eden. It was situated in the Ogden Valley, which is like an hour and a half north of Salt Lake City, if to put to put it in perspective, if you, if you know anything about Utah, Salt Lake City is the capital. Yeah, I grew up in a really, really small town and in a very Mormon community. And me and my sister—I'm half black, half white. And me and my sister were like the only black kids at school, and we're not even fully black. So <laughs> my upbringing was very—it was very different. It was very unique. I, I have to say that like I had a beautiful childhood, like growing up in the mountains and. And outside, outdoors, like children should be, I had a typical childhood, like riding my bikes and skiing and hiking and on the lake and on the rivers. And I loved it. But when it when it came time to be an adult and have your own ideas and opinions, I think I was just a little bit too wild for utah so i I never ever expected to to stay there my family is still there i love going back to visit briefly and then getting the hell out but yeah just get a little taste
0: and then get back to your normal life
1: yeah and then get back to my normal life because i think that my my thinking is too uh too broad for for what is capable uh for utah to handle and yeah so i love utah but yeah utah is my hometown i'll always love it i'll always have a, a place for it in my heart
0: were you still there when media became a thing? Because I don't know, obviously, what it's like to grow up in a place like that. You know, For me, growing up right outside New York City, we were, I was sub- subjected to the best media market in the country. Just so many shows right. and anchors and just different media opportunities. This is pre, you're a little bit younger than me, but we're still kind of grew up in that pre-you-get-everything-on-your-iPhone right. world. So right. how did this life even become a dream or an option for a little girl who's just skiing an hour and a half (laughs) in the middle of nowhere North of Salt
1: Lake city. Well, okay. So for me, my route was very unconventional. I played, I played collegiate soccer. I played division one NCAA soccer. So for me, my ticket out of Utah was I was an athlete and I went away on a full ride scholarship to Virginia Commonwealth university. So I was there my freshman year and then I transferred and played my last three years at Cal state Sacramento. And shortly after graduating, you know, and I, I come from a family of medicine. So I always wanted to be a doctor. And as I got older, like I was finding, I wasn't as passionate about it. And I was like, okay, what do I want to do? I know sports. So then I had, had it set in my mind that I was going to become a sports agent. So of course you pick your major. I picked communications and I was majoring in public relations specifically because I was going to be an agent. And you know, I was dabbling in all of the courses trying to find what my passion was and I was not really having much luck. One summer I was looking for like a little summer job and my friend was doing on-air stuff for a local radio station in Sacramento called 103.5, which is actually the radio station that Ebro started if you're familiar with Ebro. Mm. He started that station in Sacramento. And back when he started it, it was like an all hip hop station. It was like 103.5, the bomb or something like that. And when I was there, it was top 40. So it was hot 103.5. But anyways, moving on. So my friend was doing on air stuff there. And I asked her if they were hiring for anything because I was, you know, studying PR. And they were looking for promotions assistance. So I grabbed that summer job super quickly. And I was doing promotions for them, like doing pop up tents at concerts and, this really stupid stuff. And, uh, one day they, I was just hanging out in the, in the radio station and they were, they were saying they were looking for someone to do overnights, which was like a midnight to 3am shift. And I was like, what the hell? Like, I'll do it. Let me do it. Like I'm wild. I'm crazy. Let me, let me try. So I started doing it and, and I had a lot of success doing it. And it was, it was hard because I was playing, soccer full-time and I was in school full-time and then I'd be so I literally would start my morning like soccer practice in the a.m. then I would have classes all day then I would have weights in the afternoon and then maybe I would have a game if I had a game then after I would go to the radio station and be on air from like midnight to 3 a.m. and my friends would be calling me and be like on the way to the club and they'd be like Jordan we hear you we hear you And, and I had such FOMO because you know my friends were were hanging out and partying and I was trying to hustle and that's kind of my introduction to media so from there I went back to school uh, minored in journalism I was originally minoring in business switched my minor from business to journalism and was like okay let me try this out and see what's up my program programming director at the radio station at the time he was like Jordan you're way too pretty for radio like you need to be in front of the camera always like hearing that
0: no matter who tells it to you that's that's flattering
1: right right and I was like okay well and you have to keep in mind, like I came from a really small town, in Utah. So like, to me, looks were like, I never thought anything of my looks. Like I never thought like I had like a look for on camera or I was pretty enough to be like on camera. I never had that in my mind because I grew up where I was kind of the outsider and I didn't really think my look was pretty, I guess. So this was all new to me. I'm I'm like kind of growing into this at like 21 years old. And from there I got I had like a coworker at the radio station who was doing narration for a CBS show. It was a movie review show where it was just all red carpets and junkets and sitting down with actors and talking all about film. And he was telling me like, you know, you should really come in and meet with these people. You'd be great. Cause it was like a panelist situation. So there was like me and like four other co-hosts. And so I went in, they really liked me. And from there I got the job co-hosting that show and I was literally flying to New York and LA and just everywhere meeting with these big celebrities at like 21 years old. And that was kind of my intro. And from there, I never really looked back. I was, I was working on that show for like nine months after I graduated college and I had applied to NYU and I had applied to the university of Texas, Austin to go to grad school for journalism. And then I kind of forgot about it because that show had taken off for me. And you know one day i checked my email and i had this email from NYU saying like you've been accepted into our program and i was i was like there's no way i can't go like this is my ticket to new york city so i i left the show and i picked up and i moved to new york city and i haven't looked back since
0: Man, from the, the bunny slopes of Eton, Utah, right, to so Red carpet to 21, and now just continue to do the thing. That's re- that's a really cool story. And it's, it's you know, props to you, because there are so many people that have a similar background to you, small town, experience the world, get a taste for it, and then don't take that jump, don't take that leap. So to actually do it, it takes balls, and to actually pull right. it off, you know, like, like I said, props to you. That's pretty awesome.
1: Right. Like, I, I think that my family has always been – very, very supportive of like having big dreams and big goals. Like my, my dad comes from a military family. So he grew up in Germany, Japan, you know, like he was all over the world traveling and I grew up traveling all over the world as well. So I've never had a small mind. Like I've never thought like, Oh, I want to, you know, live in the suburbs and have a husband and kids and a white picket fence. I've always gone to these beautiful cities all over the world and been like I just want to know the people in these cities I want to know the stories in these cities I want to experience these places so I've always knew I've always known that I was going to leave Utah and and go on to to be bigger and better and my family's always been super supportive like they've just been like yeah you can do whatever you set your mind to and so far I have luckily thankfully um yeah so that's kind of where I'm at
0: you're like the Moana of Utah media, just the whole world out there. You want to go conquer and see. Right.
1: The Moana, yes. <laughs>
0: Put that on yes. your website. You can add that free of charge. That's on me. Right. I love
1: the Moana <laughs> reference. <laughs> love it.
0: So you've been doing this now for, for a few years, and you've mentioned you know you grew up half black, half white, obviously a woman. How has the media industry changed from your perspective from when you first got in, maybe perceptions you had of what you thought you were getting into versus what things are like now, finding jobs, the kind of work you can do, maybe Mm -hmm. you couldn't do in the past, or maybe it hasn't changed. What's it been like for you from when you first got in the door to where you see yourself and everything around you now?
1: I have to say when I first got into media, I I think that the look of a journalist or I guess an on-camera journalist, I think the look was much more... Uh, cookie cutter much more like honestly to be frank it was a lot of the white girls it was mm. it was mainly white girls or it would be like the token black chick that happened to get a job in media on camera working and also everyone had to be so professional and I think you know we're in this era like I'm a middle, I'm a, I'm a young millennial but Gen Z's I think have really changed you know what we're producing and what we're creating as media professionals I think when it comes to our outlook on how to approach being on camera and being a personality instead of kind of trying to mold yourself to fit whatever brand you're hosting for. It's more about yourself and your personality and people really, really are invested in authenticity. So I think from when I began to now, I can even look back and see a transition in myself. Like I started out in media, always having my hair blown out, having perfect makeup and having not really like, kind of like a dry personality I would say just a very like generic personality and if you see the evolution over like the past three years now I rock my fro in every single segment I'm completely natural and I that's one thing I'm kind of been coining lately like I am I'm the natural journalist like I don't blow out my hair anymore I refuse to I had agents telling me you need to blow your hair out I I refuse to do it I worked on a, a show for a long time where I had to have my hair straight and now it's like people want to see diversity people want to see diversity in personalities diversity in thought diversity in look so i think it's it's just all inclusive now is where i think media has gone and i'm loving it because first of all i'm lazy as hell and i love not having <laughs> i i love not having to blow out my hair and i love not having to put on fake eyelashes and i love just you know, going and doing these segments and just being chill and and knowing and being confident in like who I am and my personality is like what I'm being hired for. Like I'm not being hired to fill the role of the token black girl. I'm being hired because I have a dope ass personality and a cool look. You know.
0: I love the lazy part because I'm the same way. So I think you and I should start maybe the sweatpants news network or something where we're just <laughs> right. chilling pajamas right. and talking in that well, way. I mean-
1: Athleisure, athleisure is a thing for the ladies, and uh, like track pants, that's fashion now. So I can definitely get away with rocking some track pants.
0: (laughs) It it all comes. It's like what you said, though. It's all about genuine and about authenticity. Like I'm a just a plain old like middle of the road white guy, right? I don't have much of a look. (laughs) I can't really go for anything too outside of the box. But even me, I can relate a lot to what you were saying about how my style as a personality has evolved. Because if you look at the stuff I started doing when I got out of college for the first time. It, I was trying to be Peter Jennings, Tom Brokaw, very just, like you right. said, dry to the point. But now people don't want that. They want to know who the real you is. So whether right. that is uh, a, a mixed girl from Utah or a plain white guy from Jersey, they want to know like, the real personality, the jokes you can make, the references you make, just you being you. I think people call you out a lot more on that now than they used to. So even for they someone totally like do. you, I'm sure that's happened so fast.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think it's more about like people watching you and seeing your work because it, I'm con- I'm consistently putting out work for each brand, and I think when they're they're watching this person and it's either they're they're gonna identify with you and be like, wow, I can relate to this girl, or they're gonna be like, this girl is literally just reading me the news, mm-hmm. and it's like, what do you want? Would you rather have someone follow your career and and you because of what you bring as a personality and and that authenticity, or do you want someone to just be following the brands? I'd rather work for multiple brands and have, I would rather have diehard fans following me because, oh, that's Jordan reporting for them, not, oh, I'm, I'm following them because this is BET. I want it to be like, Jordan's on BET. I'm going to go watch it now. So for me, it's been about like really just honing, honing my craft and and kind of growing into who I am. And it sounds so cheesy, but it's like, I'm 26 years old. and I'm, I feel like I'm still a child and I'm like still... I'm still trying to figure out who I am as a woman, and <laughs> and it's 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 kind of fun to see like as a personality. My I don't really have tons of fans. I'm not that cool, but my fans who have been there from the beginning, like they have really kind of seen me grow into myself and grow into who I will be in the future. And that's like the funnest part to me is just my evolution.
0: And it's smart too. Like you may say you don't have that big of a personal following yet, but. That's the way to do it because when you're going to move on to things, you know, you're young, you still have your whole life ahead of you. You want those people that are going to follow you to the next gig or the next place because that's how you make yourself more valuable. You're not at the the beck and call and the whim of some media company. You've got your, you know, maybe you have your own app someday and people are paying you to listen to or watch you. And that's maybe far down the road, but that's a good, the better business model when you think about it long term.
1: Right, right. And that's always the goal. I think as a journalist, I, like and I don't consider myself just a journalist, like I'm a writer, I'm a host I'm a producer, I'm an actor, I'm an entertainer. But I think down the road, the whole goal is to not be working for someone else and to have my own branded content. I don't want to always have to be at the beck and call of other producers or editorial decision makers. I want to be able to control what I'm saying, what I'm putting out to the world and have it completely represent me.
0: Do you put any pressure on yourself to tick certain boxes like, okay, I I need to do some this amount of news or this amount of entertainment or this amount of that or that so that you can eventually reach being able to self-sustain and work on your own? Or Are you just taking like these gigs as they come?
1: I, you know, one of the biggest lessons I've kind of been trying to follow and live by over the past year is just being mindful and staying mindful. So I, you know, I'm, I'm definitely a stressor. I have a type A personality. And for me, if I write everything down, I write all my goals down and just like forget about them and then just live life. Just, just literally like just fucking live life and enjoy and stop stressing. You know, I, I'm always staying on top of things. But I don't, I I just can't put too much pressure on myself. And so if I write everything down and then months later, go back and look, I'm checking those boxes, but I'm doing it subconsciously. So for me, it's more about being mindful, living in the present and just stop and and not having anxiety about what's to come and not, you know, worrying about it. Because when I do, I find that I'm not as happy as a person and Mm -hmm. And I want to, I want to enjoy this process. It's a hard process. It's a scary process. It's a very competitive market and it's a very competitive field, but I should be enjoying it and not making my whole twenties about my career, my career, my career. Like, am I doing what I need to do? Am I doing what I need to do? Like I'm, chances are I'm doing what I need to do. If I'm taking those meetings, if I'm sending those emails and if I'm, you know, keeping my calendar up to date and, and taking the jobs when I should and taking the breaks and the rest when I should, I'm gonna I'm gonna hit those check marks. So that's kind of my that's my process and how I go about doing it.
0: Well, do enjoy it because next thing you know, you wake up and you're a washed young thirty something like me, and you're like, where did my twenties <laughs> go? So at least you can stop and smell the roses a little bit. Right. Um, last question I have for you before we head to our last couple of segments of the show, Jordan, because I know you gotta you do gotta get out of here soon because you, you've got your amazing busy life to get to. <laughs> do you? put any extra responsibility or do you feel any on yourself to tell these stories that are maybe of a perspective that you're used to from your side, being a woman or a woman of color, or do you, is that something you don't even think about that you don't even process when you're looking at what story should we be telling? What work should I be doing? How much do you, as a 20 something, does that factor into your, I guess, workplace mindset?
1: Well, I mean, if you ask me, what I love about myself, I will straight up tell you, I love that I'm a woman and I love that I'm black. And those are two things that it took me a long time to come into and grow into. But as of now, I love being a woman and I love being black. And I've dedicated my career to really sharing stories that relate to me being a woman and me being black. And And I look at all of the work I've done throughout grad school at NYU and all of the work that I do to this day. It's all about serving minorities and people who are underserved. Like, I I love to do stories where I go to these at risk communities and just hang out with black kids who are, you know, trying to find their way in a world that set them up for failure. I love going back to Utah, like I did this past weekend, and sitting down with people who are struggling to come into being gay while being in the Mormon community, which is something I grew up around and grew up with. And my mom is gay as well. So I, I'm always fighting for the underdog. I'm always fighting for the minority. And that's kind of what I've dedicated my career as a journal- journalist to. And I'll never stop telling stories like that. Like if, if I have to tell a story about a cis white male, no offense, I'm mad. I don't want to. I think there's enough people out there who can serve that audience. For me, I'm I'm not like that. I, 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 I know what I like to consume, and I'm going to create stuff that I want to consume. So I'm going to create stuff for women, for LGBTQ, for minorities, and that's it. That's kind of like my philosophy.
0: Hey, to be that self-assured in what you want to do and what you like doing at such an early part in your career, it's awesome. A lot of people spend a lot of time grappling with that and coming to grips with what they want to truly do, but Seems like you got a pretty good handle on it. Maybe that's why you're so successful at this thing. So keep it up.
1: Yeah. I I don't know if it's like, I have a good handle. As I said, I'm still growing and I'm still like learning more about myself every single year, every single birthday. But I think those are two things like that. I, I know as part of me and who I am is my identity. And I think I'll always be on that journey to finding out who I truly am. But those are such huge components of my life and who I am and, those are things that I didn't I wasn't always in touch with, like being a, a woman and and my sexuality and, and all of that. Like I wasn't always in touch with that and being black, like I didn't even grow into really owning my blackness until college. So these are both like things that it took me a while to get there. And now that I'm there, I'm like, OK, I finally figured that part of my life out and that's not going anywhere.
0: That's awesome. Now you can figure out all the other stuff and just make yourself uh, the the best Jordan you can possibly be. That's pretty cool. Well, you are a journalist, so maybe this next segment will fit right into your wheelhouse. I like to offer my guests, everyone, a chance to turn the tables, I call it, and ask me any one question, because I don't like to hog all of the spotlight here on my show. (laughs) So you don't have to. You can say pass. But if you'd like to ask me anything about anything, Jordan, this is your one shot.
1: Well, I mean, this is your your podcast, your show, and I, I'm very, very appreciative, appreciative to be invited on, but I have to ask, if you could have your pick of any person in this world anywhere that you could bring onto your show, who would that be?
0: I think about this a lot. Uh, it's got to be Barack Obama, I think. And why? Just, uh, now you're asking follow-ups. I allowed you one question, Jordan. <laughs> now you're bending the rules a little bit. Um, No, you think about someone that—I want, obviously, someone big time, right? It doesn't get any bigger than a U.S. president, especially one that influenced, inspired, touched as many people as he did. He was there for two terms. But also stuff that I like talking about, he likes talking about. So I'd love to talk to him about all the, you know, America and his presidency and that kind of stuff. But we could also talk about— basketball and baseball and we watch a lot of the same tv shows and and music and that kind of right. stuff so and i think he just seems cool like he seems like a cool dude so i'd love he to he's
1: cool right he's yeah. R-
0: exactly yeah so the coolest sports fan most famous person in the world pretty much uh that's probably who i would want either him or the rock because i'm a huge wrestling fan and the rock seems like he has a lot of those same qualities just charismatic Loves a lot of the shit that I do, and is one of the most famous people in the world. So right. one of those two guys, but probably those Barack. Are two, because... Those are
1: two good ones. I have to say, right. I'm proud of you because you named two black people. So I'm like, yeah,
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. If I was like Bob Costas, I'd be just talking to myself, basically, but like 30 years <laughs> I older. So yeah, exactly. <laughs> Unsubscribe. <laughs> um, all right, cool question. But now it's back to me. Now I'm the one asking the questions again. It's our last segment. We do this with everybody on the show. It's called the Fun Five. Jordan, these are five quick, fun questions designed for you and you alone. I was going to ask this already, but now I'm going to go right to it because it's very similar to what you just asked me. You've dealt with a lot of celebrities. You've talked to a lot of people. Who would be your number one get for an interview?
1: My number one get for an interview. Uh, you know, this is kind of random, but I keep getting told all over New York City that I look like Zoe Kravitz. Like, I get it all the time. People like mistaken me for Zoe Kravitz at times, like coming up to me calling me Zoe. Which I don't quite see the resemblance, but I would love to just, like, sit down and chat with her just to, like, be like, hey, girl, we look alike. Plus, I really think you're an artist and you're amazing and beautiful, so let's chat about the world and our views. So I would love to talk to Zoe Kravitz, probably. That's, like, the first thing that came to my mind.
0: I'm envisioning then you doing one of those Jimmy Fallon-type skits where the two of you walk around Central Park and you make people guess, oh, which one of us is Zoe, and make people look like <laughs> idiots that have no idea what they're what they're talking about. All right, Zoe yeah. Kravitz, if you're listening, Jordan's available, so look her up.
1: <laughs> right, uh, right.
0: Question number two, you mentioned earlier that you did play uh, soccer collegiately. So which soccer player would you compare your game to
1: the most? Ooh, that is a very hard question. That I, I, honestly, I can't even, I can't even compare myself to anyone. You were just,
0: just that good. Such a singular talent that nobody no. else is even close.
1: You know, I don't. It, it's hard. Like when I look at who, what teams I'm truly a fan of, I'm truly a fan of the women's national team here in the United States. I mm-hmm. think that they've always been consistently good. They've always had consistently great players. And we're a lot better than the men's team, and I don't understand why the men's team even has the, the pay they do, the 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 accolades they do, because they're just not great. So, for me, I always look at the women's team. So, maybe, like, a Shannon Box or, like, I'm more of a power player is what I'll say. Like, there's a finesse players and there's power players in soccer. I'm definitely a power player. I'm all about strength and speed versus footwork, I guess you could say.
0: Mm-hmm. All right. Good to know that just like that bulldog out there on, on, for 90 minutes. I like that. I like that. Um, number three, question number three for you. What's the best restaurant or store chain? Something people may know that they have in Utah that you grew up with that they don't have in New York that you miss
1: in Utah. Um, wow. That's a hard one. Okay. So. Like, as far as fast food restaurants go, I love Warren. It's called Warren's and Dylan's. Like, it's, like, interchangeable across the state. But they have really great crinkle fries and, and, like, shakes and things like that. So I'm definitely, like, a Warren's girl. Um, And honestly, Utah has, like, pretty much every restaurant that anywhere else has. There was this breakfast place I used to go to growing up called Jeremiah's in Ogden. And they had just, like, we would always go there as a family. So that place was, you know, more sentimental to me. But Jeremiah's in Ogden was a great one. But, uh, yeah, they're, they have basically every restaurant that every other country or every other state has. So nothing really.
0: It, it is getting uh, better or worse, depending on your perspective, as we get older. Because there used to be stuff that was just on the West Coast. You know, Carl's Jr., those kind of places, or Sonic right. in the South, that now are becoming nationwide. Shake Shack was here, now going global i feel like in and out's the only one that is still west of the rockies only that has right. its way but yeah you're right everything is everywhere now which is
1: right i mean they even have in and out now and for a long time utah didn't have in and out so like they have in and out now like they basically have everything and you know I, one thing i will say though chick-fil-a is very new to the east coast and i grew up eating chick-fil-a so i'm like you guys are missing out your whole life like this just is catching up <laughs> yeah i'm like welcome to the dark side we've already been there okay
0: Hey, well, I know a lot of people who are making up for lost time very quickly at Chick-fil-A, so it's catching up. <laughs> uh, next question, question number four. You mentioned earlier that you come from a medical family. That's something you obviously did not end up pursuing. But if you were to be a doctor any kind, which one do you think you'd end up being in your alternate life?
1: Wow. Um, I really am fascinated with, with our mind and our brains, so maybe like a neurosurgeon, but also... I do love life and, and the ability as a woman to create life. So, my aunt is an, actually an OBGYN. So, I, I always wanted to be an OBGYN just like her. Um, so, I think either that, like I, I'm fascinated with the mind. So, maybe a neurosurgeon, but I also love babies and, and, and that aspect. So, maybe, maybe an OBGYN.
0: All right. Something to do when the sequel to Your Life comes out. You can try a different path and see what happens. Question number five, last one of the fun five. <laughs> You've got a couple tattoos, right? If I remember.
1: Right, I do. Yes, oh. I do. Wow. Wow, yeah. he did his homework. Hey,
0: this is, the Mike Janela show is no amateur hour, okay? What? I do I do my research here. Um, well, do you plan on getting another one? And even if you do or don't, what would be the next tattoo that Jordan Rowling would get?
1: Okay. So yeah, I do have two tattoos. I got them both when I was 19 and I look back and I'm like, damn, why did I do that? But, (laughs) but they, they both mean so much to me. And I think that I never can make a rash decision. So like my tattoos are always, always thought out. I've had one on my mind for a few years, but I, I, I just don't know if I want to put any more ink on my body, but if I did, it would probably be a willow tree and I would get probably very very abstract like abstract willow tree and I would get that probably on my hip and the reason a willow tree because I love Erica Badu I think she's amazing and she has a song called apple tree and there's a line in the song that goes my soul flies free like a willow tree do we do (laughs) we do we so I love that line and I've always loved that song so I think a willow tree because I really it really resonates with me all right, beautiful. Maybe when you when that
0: ink happens, you already have it all set and ready to go. So I'll have to do a follow-up right. podcast to see if you're happy with uh, with the final ink.
1: <laughs> with my I'm new chat, right? Yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> all right, Jordan, uh, thanks so much for taking the time. Plug everything. Where can people find you, follow you, learn more about you if they are so inclined?
1: Well, if you really liked hearing what I had to say, please follow me. You can catch me at Jordan Rolling, Jordan with a Y, rolling like the Rolling Stones. It's like that on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. It's everywhere. It's just Jordan Rolling.
0: All right. Awesome. And guys, you can find me at Mike Janela everywhere. Also go to Mike for all past episodes of the show. And I'll have links to all of Jordan's stuff there on my website in case you were too lazy to jot it down as (laughs) well. Jordan, thanks so much. This was a lot of fun. And uh, best of luck with everything else you got going on. It's a million things, but you're doing them all well. So congrats, and uh, we'll stay in touch.
1: Thanks, Mike, so much. Thanks for having me. Bye, guys.
0: All right, and thanks to you guys for listening. I'll do even better next time.
1: See ya!